Jason Payne, Radio Sport Mornings, Radio Sport. Let's go to the NRL. The Sydney Roosters have won back-to-back NRL premierships, beating Canberra 14-8 in the final in Sydney last night. A try to fullback James Tedesco in the 72nd minute proved to be the defining moment. The Roosters, the first team since the Broncos in 1993 to defend their title, but it was a pretty controversial final. For the final time in 2019, let's bring in our Monday morning NRL analyst, Adrian Prezhenko, Chief Rugby League writer at the Sydney Morning Herald and the Sun Herald. Adrian, did the best side lose this game? Morning, Piney. Unfortunately, what you're saying is probably the case. Uh, there's just such an air of inevitability about this season in some respects. That firstly, that the Roosters would win and that also it would likely come down to a wrong decision uh, or a contentious one. And uh, that's certainly what uh, transpired, unfortunately. And um, you, you talk about the uh, the best team losing. I think that that's, that's probably correct. In the end, the, the Raiders, um, they had the majority of possession and, and probably more opportunities. And uh, it looked like they'd have an opportunity to uh, ice the game. And then, of course, we, uh, we had the decision that you're sort of alluding to uh, where Ben Cummins incorrectly waved six again after uh, the ball was deflected off the Raiders. Um, he corrected the call, and on, on four occasions, he actually uh, yelled out and said, uh, last tackle. But um, unfor- unfortunately, Jack Widen, who saw the six-again call, he saw his arm being waved. He uh, he took the tackle, expecting a fresh set of six, and uh, it was a turnover, and from the very next set, the Roosters scored and sealed back-to-back titles. But unfortunately, that decision is the one we're all talking about this morning. Indeed we are. Is there some degree of responsibility on Jack Whiten to uh, to look again? Or once he's seen Ben Cummins indicate six more, is he then just fully focused on taking the first of what he presumes will be a fresh set and, and going from there? No, it's certainly not Whiten's fault. Um, you know, Cummins has waived six again. And he, he did yell out, and, and we, we saw already out last night, that, that he did then... Um, subsequently yell out and say last tackle. But you've got to remember, there's 83,000 fans there. You can barely hear anything. You've just seen the referee signal six more with his arm and anything that was going to happen um, after that was going to be wrong, unfortunately. And um, it took all of Ricky Stewart's self-control not to uh, blast the refs in his post-match press conference. Um, Unfortunately, Graham Annesley was forced to, uh, the head of football, come out and... um, uh, have his own press conference after the coaches, and, and basically he um, admitted that it was incorrect, that, it, that the whole situation was messy and unpalatable. Um, and we play the what-if game now. I mean, uh, if they get six more tackles, you know, perhaps Aiden Caesar kicks a field goal and, um, you know, all of a sudden he's a hero. He's a guy that, uh, you know, is probably being squeezed out of the club in that they've got, a, you know, George Williams, an English halfback coming in. All of a sudden, maybe the Raiders, for the first time in 25 years, uh, you know, win a title. And, you know, will it be another 25 years before they get an opportunity? And I feel terrible for, for Ben Cummins. I mean, nobody means to make a mistake. And unfortunately, that was a that was a big one. And um, there's not much anyone can do. It's, it's left everyone feeling flat and frustrated today. Yeah, and and you're right. I think we can all put ourselves into Ben Cummins' shoes this morning. He'll be he'll be mortified that 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 the chat after the game is on him. Uh, any referee would be. What you want after any game is for, is for your name not to be mentioned at all. That means you've had a pretty good game. Um, the other incident when the Roosters' first try was inadvertently helped by the fact the ball 
ricocheted off a rooster's trainer. Can you just unravel this one for us? Really bizarre one. The, the, the rule basically states, and to the letter of the law, um, the referees got this one right. But but basically, there was a, a charge down where um, you know, the kick came off Soliola's head and then uh, yeah, ricocheted towards the Raiders' try line. And the, the only person within Cooley of it was the um, Clive Churchill medalist, again, Jack Wyden. And he was ready to pounce and basically run, you know, run the rest of the length of the field and score a try. But it actually hit Travis Toomer, the Roosters trainer. Um, and under the laws, the team with advantage territorially um, gets the scrum. So basically, the Roosters were rewarded for, for a poor into uh, their set, and they, they got another set of six. So, um, you know, we were all scrambling for the rule book, and we read it last night, and, and, and indeed, it was the correct ruling, um, you know, to the letter of the law. But again, really unpalatable um, sort of situation, and, and the Roosters scored not long afterwards. And, you know, it, we're talking about all these um, controversies, and yet, you know, Cooper Crop got sinned in a grand final at his in his ninth decider, and, and that's almost um, sort of forgotten. Um, so it just, just shows what a controversial um, you know, situation we had. And you know, Hannesley defended that situation. He said he was comfortable with that decision. And um, what a bizarre game. I mean, quite going off, off the field for the second year in a row, he wasn't able to contribute to a grand final as much as he would have liked. But that's now three grand final wins for, for him back to back. Um, so, so extraordinary, and um, you know there was a lot of praise for Cooper Cronk in, in his last game. Uh, Trent Robinson said afterwards that he's the game's greatest thinker. That um, nobody quite dissects the game and understands it, and um, has a feel for it in the way that he does. So, just just drama everywhere, and unfortunately, um, not not of the the best kind. Do we know what Cooper Cronk will do next, Adrian? Uh, he didn't um, speak to the issue, um, you know, in the post-match press conference, but he will now study. Uh, it's my understanding that he'll seek to do an MBA. Uh, most likely it's in the university. Um, it, you know, he's certainly one of the, the game's best thinkers and hopefully he won't be lost to the sport, but who knows where that journey will take him, whether he'll decide to sort of focus on business or... Um, you know, look to get into sports administration. I mean, people would say that at some point, you know, he'd be a, a, a terrific, uh, you know, perhaps club CEO and then, you know, maybe even a CEO of the game. But hopefully he won't be lost to the game of rugby league. We know that several clubs have sounded him out about the, the prospect of uh, staying on in some capacity or, or helping out, whether it be as a consultant half, etc. Um, you would think the Roosters would be in the uh, box seat to... Uh, for his services, if that was the case. He said, I'll, I'll always make myself available if any playmaker wants advice. You know, people have been very generous with their time during my career, and I've, uh, you know, got an obligation to give back as well. Um, so, you know, he'll, he'll soak it up. He'll have a bit of time off with his family, but um, hopefully he won't be lost to the game. Yeah, let's hope not. Um, you mentioned Jack Whiten a couple of times. He was uh, the recipient of the Clive Churchill Medal, uh, man of the match, basically. Uh, fourth player, I think, to get that from a losing team. Bradley Clyde, 91. Brad Mackay, 93. And Daly Cherry Evans in 2013. Any reaction to that, uh, that the, the Clive Churchill Medal went to someone from the losing side? Well, there was reaction from the crowd. I thought it was pretty ordinary that um, you know a section of them booed as he walked up to collect his medal and um, you know, 
Ricky Stewart had shown so much restraint in the post-match pressure towards the, the refs, basically said, I'm sure the bloke's pick in the middle are no more, more, than, more than the Wombats behind the post booing. So, uh, you know, I, I thought he was a fitting uh, Clive Churchill medalist. Had an absolutely outstanding game and he couldn't have done anything more to uh, get his side the victory. But um, alas, it wasn't the case. And the Roosters winning it back-to-back, it doesn't happen very often at all. As we say, you have to go back to 1993 for the last time it happened. Is this something that we're likely to see not happen for another 25 years, Adrian? You know, it's, it seems so difficult. Look at Melbourne Storm, you know. They, they couldn't even get to the grand final, having won 20 of their 24 regular season games. So difficult to go back-to-back, isn't it? Oh, it's an absolutely phenomenal effort, um, particularly in the, the modern era where, where salary caps make it almost impossible with the whole redistribution of talent. Once you put it together, a, a gun roster, um, everyone's value increases after a premiership win and it makes it so much harder to keep the nucleus of the side together. Um, yeah, phenomenal effort. And all of a sudden, um, you know, Trent Robinson, he's only been in this coaching gig for seven years. He's won three GS. I mean, all of a sudden we're talking about him among the uh, the great grand final uh, uh, coaches, all, or the great coaches of all time. I mean, Bennett leads the way with seven. But, I mean, you talked about the Storm and Craig Bellamy. He's only won two for all of his greatness. And we, we all talk about Craig Bellamy as a super coach and how consistent he's been. Given that two of those titles have been taken away for, for salary cap rorting, um, you know, all of a sudden, Trent Robinson's what, yeah, right up there in the uh, in the all-time stake. So he's only two behind um, Jack Gibson. Um, Wayne Bennett's obviously way out in front of everyone with seven. But who's to say that in um, years to come that uh, Trent Robinson, you know, doesn't um, eclipse some of those great names like you know, um, you know, Charlie Lynch or uh, a, a Jack Gibson and all of those Ken Carney. So um, extraordinary effort. Um, we might not see it again, but they will start now favourites as the next season, uh, you know, the possibility of going to, to a three-peat. And um, he was asked about that in the post-match press conference and sort of if somebody asked, that, you know, when do you start thinking about, uh, you know, three titles in a row? And he sort of said, soon. You know, it's already <laughs> on his mind. So um, oh, there's I'm not gonna... time to reflect and digest and enjoy, revel in the glory, is there? Not really, no. I guess they get back together, don't they, before Christmas and uh, get ready for 2020. Um, the the off-season begins now. What are the main off-season, uh, I guess, storylines, issues to be resolved, coaching changes, possibly player movement? Anything you've particularly got your eye on, Adrian? Yeah, there's a, there's a couple. I think uh, the NRL have already flagged that there's going to be a review of the match review and judiciary systems. Um, so, so there's been a real disenchantment across the game about some of the bizarre um, rulings and conclusions that we've come to. I mean, I only have to think back to, um, you know, uh, Jake Trebojevich, you know, spears a guy headfirst into the turf and doesn't get a week. And then in the finals, we see the likes of Sam Burgess and Jared Warrior Hargraves miss uh, a finals game, a massive playoff game for, for trivial offences, you know, for tripping and things like that. So so that whole system will hopefully be um, recalibrated. Um, I think coaching-wise, we'll probably head in to next season with everyone in the same seat they're in now. Uh, last season, we had six changes. Um, but I think that the first five or six weeks of the season will dictate whether or not uh, 
you know, there will be some sort of uh, a merry-go-round again. There'll be some guys under pressure, such as, um, you know, McGregor uh, in particular. Um, at North Queensland, Paul Green will need a very quick start as well. There'll be a few other coaches that are nervous. Um, I, I think any coach in the, the modern era, you're, you're three games away from being in dire straits. Um, and I think we're going to see a lot of player movement over the next few weeks play out. That'll be the most immediate um, thing that I'll be keeping an eye on. Um, you know, guys like uh, Ryan Madison, who, who will not be at West Tigers uh, next year. Where will he end up? Um, we know that there are, there's going to be a big turnover at, uh, at the Broncos after all of the dramas that they've had late in the season. Guys like Jack Bird have been told that they're free to leave. We've had um, Seguiaro will, will no doubt leave the club after his um, drugs uh, incident. Uh, and, and there'll probably be a few others shake out at Red Hill. So um, only a couple of clubs with money to spend, such as Parramatta. And um, we'll see there'll be a dominant, big domino to fall. And all of a sudden, we're going to see a lot of uh, player movement in the next few weeks. All right. Adrian, it's been such a pleasure chatting to you every Monday. You've been a wonderful addition to our show and uh, with great listener feedback every week uh, with your analysis. So, so thanks so much for joining us. I hope, uh, hope we can get you back on board in 2020 when the, uh, the new NRL season rolls around, which, as Trent Robinson says, uh, Robinson says will be soon. <laughs> Thank you so much, Pine. It's been uh, wonderful talking to you all year. It's been a, a crazy, memorable year, and uh, I'd love to do it again next year. Thanks to uh, yourself and all the listeners.